0: hi and welcome back to the show everyone today we're going to be talking about how to tell a different story when it comes to healing right because so often we get pulled back into this old person that we are trying to get away from so talking about that and then looking at insomnia from a functional perspective or a lifestyle medicine perspective so hang tight we'll be right back Okay, so we're gonna talk a little bit more abstractly today about healing journey and what really needs to change. And the thing that a lot of people don't talk about is that we truly are changing our whole personality when we heal. And so many of us get stuck back into this old persona, whether it's your community or your old habits or your old routine, or the fact that we can't get out of that survival and we can't allow ourselves to do anything different. But we're going to talk today about how to tell a different story, right? And that's really what it has to be. Because if we want something to be different in our lives, we have to be creating something different. So we are what we think about, right? Thoughts not only become things, but they become proteins, neuropeptides, and truly matter that signals to our cells on a chemical level how to respond, So the question is, how do we tell a different story? Because we tell our bodies and our minds the same story over and over. It's going to create the same chemicals to fire, the same neuropeptides, the same signaling process, telling our body to respond in the same way. And every time we have a repetition happening, we are creating more and more of a program, right? And then we become just kind of like on autopilot, right? We, We start to get into a routine and a habit. We lose... The why and why we're doing it, and really our body just takes over, right? We're on autopilot, this is ingrained in us now, and that's why so many of us get really, really stuck. So, this situation we are, we're now in autopilot because we've done the same thing over and over and over again creates the same feelings, the same habits, and the same behaviors, right? And this is how we often get very stuck. of our habits and behaviors are driven by our subconscious. Like I said, that program, right? And some of us are running on a program that still was ingrained in us from childhood, right? It's very hard and it's an unlearning and a reconditioning process. Um, So this means 95% of what we do was repeated either in our mind or by habits and eventually became so known and mundane that our bodies just started taking over and creating that state and we don't even have to think about it anymore. It's said that by the time we're 35, we are who we are, that we have all of our neurochemical reactions we can make, our program is set. But neuroplasticity tells us a different story, that this is not true. We can always unlearn and we can always create new responses. We just have to start, right? A new stimulus, a new situation is how we change that program. New programs are set by introducing new data. No change is going to come from doing the same thing over and over and expecting things to be different this time around. And isn't that the definition of insanity? Um, To create a new program, we have to have a new stimulus, right? And then we have to repeat it over and over again if we want our bodies and our minds to work together to run off a new and improved program, right? Right. We also have to be able to let go of our conditioning. And so how do we even start this process, right? Well, the first call is going to be aware, right? We have to be aware of what we are running and repeating every single day. How can we change something if we're unaware of how it impacts our bodies and minds? How can we change a program if we're unaware of what we're running day to day, This is one reason why so many people are petrified to change anything. For one, there's always going to be contrasting information telling us that we are wrong or we shouldn't do something or that time and consumption of information. Sometimes we just get so overwhelmed, right? That analysis paralysis that we don't even know where to start. So we just don't do anything differently. And not only that, but we have this internal battle, what we're already doing, right? Or we have people around us questioning us. Like, we have a gut instinct or a heart-led instinct to do something, but people around us are telling us that it's wrong. Or maybe we should do something differently. And we really start to question, and we doubt, and we lose ourselves in the process, and we don't know why. And it creates a situation of frustration, right? Because we can't get ahead, but we also don't know how to move forward. So what we do, what we need to do is become fully aware, right? We have to step back and notice where we are. Humans have the ability to be self-aware. That means we can observe our thoughts and behaviors. Animals don't do this. If you notice, animals don't overthink things like we do. They don't question their lives' meaning or purpose or compare their journeys like we are. But with this, awareness is a beautiful gift. The practice of self-awareness, drowning out all the noise of, you know, and connecting to our true self, our intuition, and eventually our passion and purpose or our why. It is extremely hard to connect to our internal guidance and our internal voice when we are constantly bombarded with information that is meant to evoke feelings and emotions from us. Feelings create chemical responses in the body that our mind is gonna to react to. So you may think that the scrolling or the talking to the person who is constantly complaining every single day about the same things isn't affecting you. But you are going to feel that emotion. You are going to have a chemical response that you're reacting to that emotion. More thoughts, more feelings, right? This endless feedback loop that keeps us stuck exactly where we are. And like I mentioned before, we're paralyzed to do anything different because the body and mind are stuck in survival. We'll choose the familiar every single time, no matter how dysfunctional it is. And that's where a lot of us also get stuck, right? We've talked about 70 plus percent of us are stuck in survival. We're not meant to be in a chronic state of stress, but that is the normalized environment and what we accept as normal in our society. And we have to be willing to choose something differently. Outside of this overconsumption of information and data, um, comparisons, how do we move forward, right? So we have to quiet the noise. There's really no way to create when our minds are filled with data that it is it's unable to process. And that is truly the crux of the situation now. We have more information than ever, but I feel like people are also more stuck than ever because we're not trusting ourselves. We're not trusting even the people who are trying to guide us because we're bombarded with contrasting information 24 7 and the more out of tune we are with ourselves the less we can really know what is true and meant for us neuroplasticity says that we have to get into a brainwave pattern to create change and everything else in our environment is doing everything it can to keep us out of this state of coherence and we've talked about that before um if you didn't tune into my episode about morning routine and your theta brainwave pattern Um, the hour when you wake up and the hour before you go to bed go back and listen to that because that is the state where we are going to create the most change and that we are the most able to create a new program right so not only do we have to get into this state but we also have to start practicing this new place right We have to get to a place of calm. This is where the body and mind feels supported. This is when there's coherence in the body. We're talking healing, right? We have to have coherence in the body for the body to heal. The systems all have to work together. Our cells all have to work together and communicate, right? And so that is how we create the change that we desire. We have to get into a coherent state. So quiet the noise, consider anything that you are letting influence you day to day. Our diet is so much more than food. um, And I'm sure you all have seen quotes about that before, but it is truly anything that we let influence us and impact us or create an emotional response in us, right? So much more. All of those things are going to impact our biology, our biochemistry, our neurotransmitters, all of those things, our hormones. So it truly is about what are we allowing in our life? So think about news, think about social media, think about people that make you feel like you're never doing enough. Think about setting healthy boundaries with people who want to keep you exactly where you are. Music, right? We talk about the rhythm of ourselves, the coherence of ourselves, what kind of music and what kind of podcast episodes, are we exposing ourselves to? Are they creating a state of coherence? Do we feel good when we're listening to that music or that podcast? Or is it just giving us more of the same, right? More stress hormones, more things to be reactive about, more things to be emotional about truly is awareness of these things and how they're impacting us. So we have to know where we are, right? And we need to get to a place of coherence and all of these things are working against us causing incoherence and static in our minds and bodies and then we have to be able to take a step back and truly notice are these perpetuating my stress and survival mechanism a lot of times they are. Are they affecting my dopamine, right? Do I have to get up first thing in the morning and check my phone just to feel like some emotion or some response or something to react to? Am I addicted to that, right? It, it could be social media. It could be shopping. It could be our food. Uh, I was just talking to my group the other day about how Um, even over seasoning our food is a form of overstimulation. And you notice people that have to put hot sauce on everything or have to drink carbonated everything that is an addiction to the stress response they're getting from these inflammatory foods. Um, so we have to notice. So meditation is not to, it's one of my favorite ways to practice awareness because the thing is, it's really hard for people to go from a negative thinking pattern. And and let me tell you, negative emotions are way more addictive, right? They are way more addictive than just being even keel and chill all day long because they're evoking a stress response, right? That gets our body pumped up, right? It's being chased by that tiger, that adrenaline response. And we can get that just by a post on social media or a comment on social media or just an email um, anymore. But these all trigger the survival mechanism in us. But the reason why I love meditation so much is because a lot of people it's hard to go from negative to positive thinking, right? So at least in a state of meditation or mindfulness, you can at least quiet those thoughts, slow those thoughts down, right? And notice, where where is your normal thought pattern? A lot of people don't even know. Um, and so it's really hard to go from just chronically negative thinking, maybe that's the way we were conditioned, to all of a sudden just be uplifting and cheery, right? Like, we're not going to feel like that every day. But can we create not only a new baseline for our nervous system, um, so our we can start to create that change in neuroplasticity, but also can we slow our thoughts enough or start, just start to notice them, get to a place where we're observing and not reacting to them and um, And that's really what meditation is. It's not really to stop all thought, although if you can go there, that is very helpful. But it's not going to be every time you sit. Definitely not. But the whole practice is to notice. It's to notice, to let them go, and stop attaching meaning to every single thought that we have. Let's talk about that for a second. We've talked about this before, right? How um, thoughts become things. We've talked about that on a previous episode But just to kind of recap, we have 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day. Can you imagine if we attach meaning to each and every one of those? And the other thing is, too, on top of that, 90% are the same thoughts we had the day before. Now, is it really a wonder why so much of us get stuck, right? If we want a different outcome in our lives, we have to start telling a different story, literally. We need different influences, different thoughts, different habits and behaviors, and different chemical responses that will follow all of this new stimuli, right? And when we we're talking about labels and diagnoses and things like that, when we embody these, we've talked about that too, because thoughts and words, right? They become things, they become matter, they become chemical processes in the body. And we start to embody these labels and these diagnoses, we are really giving our power away, We're giving up our creative control of our future. And we tell our bodies and minds to create the same pattern of thinking and chemical response that follows over and over again, which is reaffirming and solidifying that state to us. It feels right. It feels comfortable. Maybe we're addicted to it. We've talked about that too. Are we addicted to a life we don't even like? Possibly. Because we might just be seeking that survival response, that stimulation, um, that heightened nervous system response. And it is possible, right? Because we, the more we have these floods of stress hormones coming on, the more receptors we make for them, the more we need of those. So it truly is possible we could be addicted to a life that we don't even like. What's important to know is that we can create change. We can change our brains, we can change our lives, and we can change the program that we're running off of by starting to tell a different story. So this is so much more than just reciting a mantra over and over again, because those words don't evoke a feeling, which means that they don't evoke a chemical response. And a lot of times we're, we're jumping the gun. We're, we're putting these mantras out there that are completely opposite of our situation right now. And we're like, why isn't this working? Because we don't believe it's happening, right? We can't flip, right? This is why that meditation is the bridge between negative thinking to positive thinking, because we can't be in a conditioned response to negative thoughts and negative situations and we seek out these negative thoughts to reaffirm where we're at and expect to be in a positive place right so we have to learn to bridge that gap with some sign of some sort of mindfulness or awareness practice um, and mantras are just words that we don't really believe are possible yet because we're still stuck in that old conditioned pattern They don't evoke that feeling that has any meaning to us, and they may be way far out in our future, right? When you get a feeling involved in words that you're saying, you're activating a chemical response in your body. You're getting the mind to respond differently to these responses. So um, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks a lot about this, and he talks about how thoughts are language of the brain, feelings are language of the body, and they talk to each other to create habits and behaviors. Consistency and repetition of these are what create our current state. So changing our language is huge, of course, but we have to believe it. So let's change the script on some phrases that I see that I used personally, and I see people tell themselves, right? I'll never be healthy, right? I'll always be sick. But what if you changed it? I I haven't been healthy yet, but I'm on my way there. I'm learning new ways to get to the state of health I desire. Here's another one. I get sick every time I travel. What about I'm learning new tools to support my health as I'm traveling? And then the last one is, I can't, I can't do this, right? And if you, or I'll never do this, um, or I'll never be whatever, I'll never be healthy, I'll never be rich, I'll never be whatever it is that you want. What if you say, I haven't yet, or I'm working my way towards this? Doesn't that feel better, right? Like our stories have to change by shifting our verbiage that we repeat to ourselves, over and over again, and we, like I said, a lot of this is in our subconscious, so we don't even know what program we're running on if we haven't practiced awareness. So, noticing our thoughts, we can see, noticing our thoughts and our emotions. I'll go, I'll say that because emotions are telling us what our current thought pattern is, right? So, we, when we start to notice these things, we can see exactly what our baseline, our program that we're running off of. What kind of thoughts are you choosing to believe? Um, If you are a person that looks for all the negative in the world, all you're going to see is negativity. If you look for a reason to be offended or mad at the world or finding people who are always screwing you over or whatever it may be, you're going to attract more of that because it's all that you focus on. And your body will sift through all of these 60, 70,000 thoughts that we're having to find and handpick the ones that are reaffirming these beliefs right and a belief is just a thought you continue to think over and over again so if you believe the world's a terrible place then you are going to get that because your subconscious is going to do everything it can to reaffirm that because you strongly believe it and that means you thought it so much over and over again that it became a program that you're running off of so these things do take time and We have the survival mechanism, right? So when the brain's in survival, we're going to seek out thoughts that validate our experience. This can be true when we're trying to create a new baseline too. So what are we practicing day in and day out? When we start to change the way we think, the things we think about change. That's a quote from Dr. Wayne Dyer I love so much. But when we start to notice the power of our thoughts, the feelings that they're creating on a daily basis, we can see what needs shifting. We can zoom out and focus our attention and slowly shift the narrative and the program that our bodies and minds are running off of to create a new state for our lives and our health. So how do we put these things into practice? We first have to notice, right? We talked about awareness, meditation. Maybe it's journaling for you. Um... Maybe it's just being at peace in nature, and maybe it's just watching water, you know, or just doing something meditative in that way without actually meditating. Sometimes it can be a lot, right? Maybe we're just walking and just viewing the horizon to get our nervous system in a calmer state, whatever that may be. We have to notice who and what we give our energy to. We have to notice how we feel after spend time doing certain activities, groups, and settings. And we have to notice what we expose our minds, all of our senses, really, our eyes, our ears, all of these things to um, on a daily basis. What are we exposing ourselves to? What are we giving our power to and our energy to? And are these things creating a state of health and coherence, or are they taking energy away from you? Are they creating confusion or just not creating a state that we feel good in? Without getting too deep into our mitochondria, But these things are heavily influenced by our light and our sound. So the words that we use day to day, the shows we're watching, the light and sounds from the device has much more influence over us than anything else, right? Because we are taking in these influences with lots of senses at the same time. So what you see on a device, whether it's a television or a screen, is going to impact you much more than if you just hear words or you're just reading something, right? The lights put our brainwaves into a state of trance, and those sounds are influencing our subconscious whether we want it to or not. So think about drama, think about horror movies, reality TV, all of these are created to evoke a feeling or emotion from us. And is that the one you want influencing your body and mind? Is this what you want programming your subconscious? I used to be a reality TV freak. I cannot even tell you. I would be caught up on all of the um, Real Housewives, all of the good stuff. Right. But after a while and I really limited the time that I spent watching TV. And I was really starting to notice the music that I listened to and the things that I subjected my mind and my time to. And then I go back and try to revisit. And I'm just like, why am I doing like this? This for one has no benefit in my life at all. It is truly trying to get an emotional response out of me because of this drama. And it's not the way I want to live my life. So why would I watch this? Um, And and it really does sometimes just take a break from it because we get all these dopamine hits, right? And so dopamine fast, you hear about that, where you just like take a weekend from, away from any media and try to create that sense of peace. And just like healing the gut, right? We have to remove the inflammatory foods to really know what's affecting us. And sometimes we have to remove all the influences as well um, to see how things are really impacting our thoughts and behaviors. I cut out all the drama shows because they were impacting my sleep. My dreams would be really crazy. And I would notice that my... Thoughts would go into a negative pattern so quickly after a night of binge-watching a drama. It's just wild how you can notice these things if you actually step away from them. But if you're in that full-on addiction, it is hard to notice the effect and the impact they're having on you. Social media has a really false sense of humanity, right? The highlight reel. And then we create this comparison journey where we are comparing ourselves to completely fake life. And we wonder why we will never find happiness. And if this is what we're comparing our lives to, we will never be enough. We'll never be pretty enough. We'll never have enough. And it's all going to make us feel incomplete. Not only that, but we're going to lose sight of our own intention along the way, because all we want is what they have, right? Because it looks perfect and it looks like the one thing we're missing, but it's so much more than that. And I know how easy it is to get sucked into these things. I know how easy it is to think that you are unwinding and relaxing when you subject yourself to these influences, but you're truly saying, hey, I don't want to think right now. Put me in a state of trance, program my subconscious, and tell me what I should be thinking or reacting to. How many times have you blurted out something that maybe you've heard or someone has told you and you have no idea if it's true or not, just something you heard to be true? I noticed this so much when I became a parent. I found myself repeating things my parents said, and I was like, hang on, this doesn't even make sense. Like, why am I saying this to my kids? Um, And we do these things because they're conditioned behaviors, right? They're conditioned patterns, things that were repeated over our childhood over and over and over again. Whether they're true or not, our mind believes them to be true. So it is an unlearning situation, right? All of these beliefs and conditioned behaviors, thoughts and ideas... More importantly, know that they are products of the past. And if you're wanting to create something different, you have to change the thoughts by observing and not reacting to them, along with creating a new program on how you want to look at the world in yourself and what you want to create out of your life, your current state, not what you've been doing over and over again and want to change, right? You have to be thinking about the now, for one. We have to connect with the present moment, truly the only place that we can create change in our life. Because if you think about it, the past is gone, right? The future hasn't happened yet, and it's not guaranteed. So the only place where we can get our nervous system in check and start to create that state of neuroplasticity is in the present moment, which everything in our society is designed to take us out of that. So we have to learn to notice. We have to learn to protect our energy, how it's spent, who it's spent with, what you choose to let influence you, how you choose to not only see your situation, but how you choose to view the world, right? How do you choose to understand and practice love and empathy for other people and where they're at? Because when we're in survival, all we think about is ourselves and how we're affected by things. So those are the people that are offended by every little thing, right? Because they are in this primitive defensive mode and everything is how this impacts me. And you notice that and you see that, right? And it might even be you. It definitely was me at certain times in my life. Um, and now that I know what it was, I do try to practice compassion for people who are stuck there. It's usually not about you at all when you are reacting or interacting with someone who is just choosing to see the negative in the world. It's not about you, you know. And we have to practice that, like they're going through something. Um, but if you if you go through the world always looking for something to offend you and make you mad, you're going to find it. But if you decide to shift your focus to see the good, or at least the opportunity for growth then the things you begin to notice will change. Remember, your subconscious is gonna sift through those 70,000 thoughts to reaffirm what you believe. And a belief is just a thought you continue to think. So it's never too late to change the story you're telling yourself. And the first step is to notice the thoughts and the program that you're running off of. Start looking at influences and habits and behaviors and start to bring in new ones, right? That align with the future version of yourself you're working to create. If someone doesn't make you feel good or makes you feel like you're not doing enough or just is triggering you in some way, then unfollow them, right? Set a healthy boundary with them. Talk to them less if you need to. If you feel like it's creating such a fog in your own life, in your own mind, that you can't separate from it, then take a healthy boundary, right? Remember, if it's known and familiar, that means you already know the outcome, right? It's going to be this, more of the same, right? More of what you have right now. Change exists in the unfamiliar. And the sooner you can trust this and your intuition and clean up your program, that is truly the formula for change in your life. Maybe it's a thought. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it is unfollowing unfollow- someone who doesn't make you feel good. Or you're just finding yourself triggered or emotional about everything that they're posting, which, you know... Throughout my journey, I've there are some things that trigger me still, um, but I look at those as a call to heal and a call to practice some curiosity. Like, why would they think this way? Like, I kind of want to understand their perspective. So instead of just making it about yourself, and some of that takes getting out of survival, right? But looking at things out, out of a place of Observation and curiosity already will put you into a state where you're not taking everything so personally. And detoxing, maybe it is detoxing from social altogether, right? Until you can find your footing. I've done that. I took like a three year break before COVID. Um, I just, I was going through a state where I was not physically where I wanted to be. My health was not well. And I, just felt triggered by every highlight reel, you know? And I was like, I don't, I don't want this. And I don't want people to know about my life just because they follow me on social. Like I want true genuine connections. And so I have taken a break on and off and I practice, um, I practice social media in a very intentional and mindful way. I don't spend a lot of time on it at all. Um, And it's a crux because it can be so helpful for a lot of people. And it's a platform for me to reach people and help more people. So I do appreciate that aspect of it. But if I notice it's taking my time or it's starting to evoke emotions, then I have to take a step back and create a boundary with that. So remember that change is not created in a state of chaos and confusion, right? And we are what we repeat So when we find what works for us, our influences, our habits, we have to reinforce these things to create a new program. So making sure we aren't doing it just once a week, not seeing change and going back to the old self, right? We have to create new networks in the brain and the subconscious. We have to repeat things that are getting us closer to the future versions of ourselves we're trying to create. So time, attention, intention, right? Willingness, patience, trust consistency, and repetition. There truly is no easy button. The best things in life are the ones that we have to work for because they help us embody that future version of ourselves along the way. And if we don't become a different person along the way, we would not grow, right? We would just be stuck in the same place. Um, and we wouldn't be able to keep this new version of ourselves, right? If we had exactly what we wanted right now in this moment, we wouldn't know how to keep it. It's so why you see so many people win the lottery and then they're broke a year later because they never embodied themselves as a person with money, right? It was just given to them overnight. And so they spent a whole lifetime in this place of lacking and scarcity and they have everything given to them. And then they go back to what their condition normal is, right? Lack and scarcity. And so the healing journey is such a beautiful one. And I love being um, in the process with so many people because they take the initiative and they shift what they feel like needs the most focus as we go along, right? There's a protocol, of course. There's lifestyle modifications, of course. But there's, there's influences in our life that have to shift. And when people are like, hey... I decided to leave my toxic job or I decided to move to the place I've always dreamed of or whatever that may be, that truly is a sign of healing. And that's a sign of saying, hey, I'm ready to step into a new persona. I'm ready to create a new reality. And it doesn't have to be anything that traumatic. It literally could be, I changed my morning routine. Those are all great. They're all something new and they're all going to get you closer to that future state. Have faith that you are exactly where you're meant to be. Look for the opportunity in these challenging situations and start to create the change you want in your life. We're we're truly here to enjoy our lives and make the best of it along the way, right? Just remember, there's there's no easy button. There's only time and consistency and awareness of where you are now and where you want to be. And then we bridge the gap, right? We one step at a time to get to that place. And a lot of us are just looking at that end goal. So overwhelmed, we don't even know where to go. That's when you practice mindfulness, right? You have the answers. You have the intuition. And the more you can tune out all the noise and distractions, the more you can tune into that and you'll know exactly the next step, you know, along that journey for you. So I just, I know this is a a lot, it seems like a lot out there, but I've always been um, super intrigued with the power of the mind and healing. And even just when you look at the placebo effect and... How much of that is literally just the mind believing in something different, right? Believing that they can heal, believing that, you know, they're receiving medicine when they're not. And and truly the brain is creating this chemistry based on this belief and they are healing, right? And so when you understand that, you have to also understand the power of your mind and the power of your thought processes, habits, and behaviors, how much those will impact you on your journey. Because if you're trying to hold on to the same life and trying to be a new person at the same time, you can see how counterintuitive that may be, right? Because the state you're in is a sick state, right? And that's a lifestyle that got you there. So if you want to be different, you want to be better, you're going to have to make change. And so it doesn't have to be all at once. It doesn't have to be moving to a new country tomorrow. Um, just go slowly. Right. And the first step is noticing, noticing how things are affecting you. And maybe you have to go cold Turkey and just cut out all your influences, um, for a couple days to get that reset happening. You know, it, it's a process and then it's a journey, but, um, it's a beautiful one. And I, I hope that you can find what you need to move one step closer into that future direction. Okay. Wow. That was a lot. That was deep, right? Let's talk about insomnia. <laughs> speaking of theta brainwave patterns, um, let's go over some root causes. This is one that I work with quite a bit, um, and I get a lot of questions about it. So let's go over the main root causes, how to support sleep, and what your body might be telling you if sleep's an issue for you. So when I think about the root causes of insomnia, what I see clinically on a regular basis, what I've dealt with personally, um, I think about nervous system regulation right? We talked about overstimulation, stress hormones, things like that. Blood sugar and insulin at night. We will definitely go more into that. Think about pathogens. Pathogens are very nocturnal. Um, thinking about how those may be disruptive of our cortisol and our sleep patterns. Um, Wi-Fi, EMF, and blue light exposure all are going to affect and block our melatonin production. I think about a lack of connection to nature. So think about grounding and sunlight. Um, those are things that are going to regulate our nervous system and help reset our internal clock, uh, and our circadian rhythm. So that is something that has to be talked about as well. And then, um, magnesium. Uh, So, you know, we always slap a supplement on first, like, oh, you just need adaptogens and magnesium, but magnesium truly is one of these things we're deficient in because our soil is so deficient in it. So, um, think about supporting the adrenals. Think about supporting magnesium levels. We'll, we'll definitely go into that more. So um, let's talk about recirculating thoughts because this is something that I see happen quite a bit. So, this can be a sign of low serotonin, can be a call to look at the gut, right? What's affecting your, your serotonin pathway? Um, serotonin, 95% of it is made in our gut. So, if there's a gut imbalance, it certainly could be having a, an impact on our serotonin levels. Um, But also thinking about how pathogens, right, serotonin makes our pathogens more active at night, um, so it really helps them thrive. So notice if these things get worse around a full moon because we do have more serotonin production around a full moon. And that can make our pathogens also more mobile. So if things get worse around that time, that can be kind of an indicator. Not the only indicator that there's a pathogen load, but it definitely can be like a knee-jerk to, hey, you need to work through some pathogens for sure. But what about journaling before bed, right? A lot of times we just we recirculate thoughts because we're afraid we're going to forget them. So I often tell people, and this has helped in itself, just keeping a journal beside your bed and writing these things down, right? So not only that, but we don't hear or talk enough about how we get our serotonin, and that truly is a photobiomodulation process with the sun. We have to get sun. We have to get sun without sunglasses. Um, It's really important for lots of conversion processes. So not just our activation of serotonin and our synthesis of it, but our conversion of serotonin to melatonin. So if we're deficient, either of those we're not going to sleep right, right? We've got to get um, that conversion happening. And so what is stopping that process, right? Is it a lack of sunshine? And when I say like those golden hours, viewing the sunrise, viewing the sunset, when anyone has a sleep issue, that's one of the things we're constantly working on. Putting your feet on the ground even more, right? Because you're resetting that internal cortisol rhythm. What about blue lights, LED lights, things like that after sunset? Are you Putting a filter on, are you wearing blue light blockers or both, right? Those really have to be taken into consideration. What about Wi-Fi? Is it running through your house at night? I set mine on a timer because I don't want it running through my house. So there's no reason to um, while we're trying to sleep because it's going to be reactive on the nervous system. So um, incandescent lighting, candle lighting after sunset, that can truly help putting blue light filters. Um, They're almost built into all of our devices anymore. It's just a matter of turning them on. Um, and then let's talk about connecting with our circadian rhythm. So we talked about grounding, especially like if you can ground for the sunrise and sunset, you're getting double diligence on that. So go for it. Um, also promising your body the same bedtime. That is really important when your schedule is erratic. How can we regulate? So sleeping and waking at the same time is really important. Um, and catching cortisol when it's at its lowest for most people is like 930 to 10 PM falling asleep at that point, you're going to get into the deepest sleep possible. So catching it, otherwise we we're like, oh, we're a night owl, but really you're just catching cortisol when it's on its upswing overnight. So there's no such thing as a night owl. We're supposed to be asleep at night. Um, but, and then also waking up at the same time. So starting to get your body connected with that natural rhythm. And I know it's hard at first when you're like, I'm not even sleeping well, But I promise you, if you commit to setting your alarm, getting up at the same time, go out, witness the sunrise, put your feet on the ground, reset that internal clock, take your sunglasses off. That is magic. That is something no adaptogen can do for you. Um, So we really have to make sure that we are promising our body that routine and that habit. And you will see things shift really quickly um, if it is a cortisol issue or it is just a serotonin melatonin issue look into the gut if you need to look at pathogens and start to notice if it's worse around the full moon uh, of course so blood sugar we have to talk about this because we were we're thinking okay what is affecting cortisol at night If the body is trying to regulate and compensate for blood sugar all night it cannot repair and heal if insulin's high it can raise blood sugar blood pressure keeping you awake at night If you are giving your body too much energy at night or carbohydrates, the body is fueled, right? And it wants to burn off that energy. And then we have even more of a blood sugar response that has to be stabilized during the nighttime hours, which we don't need. We need to be healing. So dinner should be your lightest meal, right? The fewest carbs, I would even say lesser in protein, easy to digest. Um, More of a snack, really, truly. And finding that threshold for you where you're moving dinner up until you're noticing that sleep's improving. And it may, it's different for everybody. Um, if your body's erratic with blood sugar throughout the day, maybe you skip meals when cortisol is at its highest, which is going to really throw your cortisol rhythm. Um, you're going to be at the mercy of stress hormones to balance blood sugar. And you're going to keep that HPA access overactivated in a heightened state. So we always blame it on the adrenals, but why are the adrenals overacting? Well, a lot of it's because our blood sugar is up and down like a roller coaster all day long. So it's just, it's not just a magnesium issue, right? It's what what is making you burn through those, those parasympathetic nutrients. So dumping glucose at night will make you wake up. I, I see you one to 3 AM people waking up, going to the bathroom. Um, you're going to see are that's a sign that your body's that either cortisol, your blood sugar is dipped because you had too many carbs or blood sugars erratic throughout the day, or that you're dumping excess glucose, especially if you're waking up to pee at night. So it could be one in the same, um, Balancing blood sugar throughout the day will have an impact on your sleep, and it truly starts at breakfast. So it is uh, a day-long thing. We're always always thinking just dinner, but it truly is how balanced were you throughout the whole day. Caffeine. So the golden rule is 10 hours away from bedtime. But, But if you have trouble metabolizing caffeine and you know it's causing some energy dips, it's causing some shakiness, it's causing some palpitations, things like that, it's not serving you it can impact blood sugar, which is gonna get the nervous system involved. So it's not as innocent as it seems for everybody. So the other thing is, are you relying on caffeine the second part of the day? Because usually, this is usually due to a blood sugar imbalance when you're having that afternoon crash. We blame the adrenals, but once again, why are they being overworked? And usually it's because we're relying on stress hormones to try and balance blood sugar all day long. And I know I come back to this a lot, but if it wasn't such a root cause for so many people, I literally, I would not mention it, but if you can't find balance with your blood sugar, you can't find balance with your other systems in your body because they'll never be able to regulate when this one super important process is stuck in emergency mode all day, every day. And a lot of us just want it to be a deficiency, right? And sometimes that's the case, but not always. But if you are deficient in adrenal nutrients, so think about sodium, potassium, or even magnesium. Once again, I said we're, we're deficient because our soil is very deficient but we can't have a proper stress response if we are in this heightened nervous system response trying to regulate those adrenals, right? And if our adrenals don't have the nutrients they need, then they also don't have the backing for that proper stress response. So I definitely don't like perpetuating what supplement can I take and still maintain the lifestyle that is kicking me out of balance mentality, but there are some supplements that can help along the way, but it's Also more important to look at, okay, why are we deficient in them? Why can't our cells absorb them? And locating those will get you so much further away than just taking XYZ for the rest of your life. So cycling women or even peri-postmenopausal women, progesterone. Progesterone levels being too low can lead to some tossing and turning. Um, Especially you'll notice like the week before your cycle, if you are cycling, Um, A lot of times you'll notice that sleep is really disturbed. Uh, That can be a sign of low progesterone and nothing kicks progesterone like cortisol. So how are you managing stress and blood sugar? Those are the two biggest causes of dysfunction when it comes to staying in this emergency pattern that progesterone is going to be the first hormone to take a hit. So what's keeping in its survival? Are you overtraining? Are you over-restricting? Essential fatty acids are the building blocks for hormones in our cellular repair. So do we have enough dietary fat coming in? Are we still fat-phobic from the 1980s, right? Another condition program. Um, are we working out with our hormonal rhythms? Are we trying to eat the same way, move in the same way every single day? Because women, our bodies do not love this. So low progesterone can definitely lead to sleep issues. The more you can lean into supporting these levels by addressing blood sugar, maybe over-restricting and over-training, you can learn to support the important hormones, which in turn, so progesterone is going to leeway to what's happening with thyroid. So if you can get progesterone levels in check, and we're gonna talk more about thyroid at some point, I think my last episode I talked a bit about it, Um, but thyroid is highly reliant on what's happening with progesterone. And so, if progesterone's low, thyroid's often gonna be low. It's a symptom, not a cause, right? So, if you can really lean into the progesterone supporting times and seasons, and also making sure you're not overtraining at certain times and uh, supporting progesterone levels with foods and that sort of thing, then you can help your thyroid in that way and get those progesterone levels up and get sleep and better check if that's your root cause. Um, heavy metals, these are definitely going to, okay, heavy metals and halogens, so fluoride, chlorine, things like those, those are all going to affect our melatonin levels. And fluoride, chlorine, halogens are going to calcify our pineal gland, which is where melatonin is synthesized. So think about water. Think about cookware, deodorants, home and beauty products. Um, if you have no idea what's happening with your Um, heavy metal toxicity load, run a toxin lab, see where you're at, right? Are those the ones that are keeping your nervous system in that heightened state? It's always a piece of the puzzle, toxin load. But remember what toxins do to our cell. They damage our cell membranes and our receptor sites, which leads us to chronic malabsorption and insulin resistance. So you have to make sure you're always supporting these processes and not just focus on the detox. So notice triggers. So food, meal timing, the amount of carbohydrates, especially later in the day when we're more insulin resistant, the portion size of our dinner, get sunshine every day. Red light therapy can help if you're in winter locations, right? You can always get sun though. And um, it's never going to out hack the sun. Um, PEMF mats, I love. Um, Magnesium electrolytes, right? All of these things I'll put links in if I do have any links for any of these things in the show notes, just so you know. Um... So connecting with your circadian hormonal rhythms, right? That's going to be super important. And then of course, blood sugar is key, right? Especially if you're one of those people that can fall asleep, you just have trouble staying asleep. Get that blood sugar in check. Run a Dutch. If you have no idea what cortisol is doing, um, it's going to look at cortisol. It's going to look at your sex hormones, melatonin, you know, look at, see if the progesterone is affecting you. Um, possibly look at gut inflammation, assess pathogen load, get a CGM to look at your individual responses to foods and situations and what's happening overnight. That's why I like it so much more than just a blood prick because it truly gives you that data of like, are you having tremendous dips at night? Because that's a problem and that's a state of stress and it's kicking your body out of a healing state. So, um, it is not as complicated as you might think, right? The overconsumption of information makes us feel like we don't have the right cocktail of supplements, um, to keep ourselves stable in today's environment, but it really boils down to the basics. What is keeping your body out of a place of balance and how do I support that? So that's why I love bringing in functional medicine testing to notice these things, to see what the body's unable to move out and hold on to, to look at hormones on a, on a two-day trend versus a tiny pinpoint in the day when our hormones are fluctuating all day, every day, and all month, every month. So we have the information to tune into our individual data. So stop accepting these cookie cutter protocols to fix your needs, because it really needs a bio-individual response. Because you are an individual. You have a different history, a toxin load. And so you really need to lean into that and see what is kicking your body out of that state of balance. Um, insomnia is one of these things I can see clear up really quickly when you are supporting the right things. So there's always hope. Um, So I hope that you have a few things now to look at and to work on, and I will be back on in the next two weeks or so answering more of your questions. So it's been so great. Thanks so much for your support. Follow me on Instagram at dr.stacy.nd for more info, and I will be back soon. Have a great rest of your day.